Tonight, uh, this talk um, that I want to share with you is meant to be really, really practical. Um, it's all about how do we get more out of the Mass? This great prayer that Catholics have, um, how do we get more out of it? Because sometimes we come to Mass and we really, really feel like we're praying, and sometimes we're not feeling that. <laughs> and uh, I remember as a kid uh, with my older sister, sometimes driving home from church, you know, we'd just crack the joke, especially when Father's homily went on and on and on. We'd say, hey, yeah, today the priest said, go in peace. And everyone said, thanks be to God. A little bit louder than usual, right? <laughs> uh, you may have been to a mass like that. Um, and of course, I never preached long, so it wouldn't have been here uh, ever at St. Rose. Um, but, you know, we, we know and believe that in the Eucharist, in the Holy Mass, that objectively, Christ is here. In the scriptures that are proclaimed in his Holy Eucharist, Christ is here. And yet, there's some times when we can get easily distracted and we feel bored, when it feels like we, we leave Mass and we're just like not energized, not feeling filled up, still feeling like thirsty. And why is that? I would say that the liturgy, the Holy Mass, and the fact that Christ is present and pours himself out so powerfully in the liturgy, uh, that that is like a river of living water. A river of living water flows every time you come to the Holy Mass. And Jesus talks about the gift he wants to give us in, in John chapter 7, where he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow living water, rivers of living water. And he said this about the Spirit, about those who believe in him were going to receive. So, a natural river has the water and then the river banks. And the river can be blocked and obstructed by things like beaver dams and culverts and litter. And rivers have different wideness or narrowness of their banks. And rivers can also be channeled into new places by the action of, of mankind. And so tonight, I'm not going to tell you how to put more water into the river. You can't put more water into the river at Mass. The infinite love and goodness of God is present in every single liturgy. We can't change that. That's objectively true. But what I do want to share with you are a few practical ways that we can all remove the blockages that are in the way and widen the riverbanks to let it flow and even to begin to channel that water and direct it into places where we want the fields to be fertile and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold for God's kingdom. You ready for that? Does this sound decent? All right. Well, first of all, what are some of the blockages that can prevent us from receiving that living water at the Holy Mass? Well, I said that the first thing, I think, is if you doubt or despair of God's love for you, that can be a huge block. And not talking just like having a bad day or feeling down or not feeling very prayerful. I'm talking about like if you actually can't say with conviction tonight, I, I know that God loves me and is with me and cares about me. Like if you can't say that with confidence, that might be a blockage for you. And we know that the sacraments and the Holy Mass that they presuppose faith. It, it's, the sacraments aren't magic. 
It's not like you just like say this incantation, something happens. Every Mass is a relationship with our Lord. And like relationships, they need tending. And so if that's a struggle for you, that might be something to bring to prayer tonight. Like, Lord, like, I want to know your love for my life. I don't want to despair of that or doubt that. Um, and one of the best ways that we can grow in faith in God's love for us is by hearing the word. Faith comes through hearing. And that's why we still come to Mass even if we're not feeling very excited or faithful or um, hopeful because the word awakens us to God's love. It's still important to come for that reason only. So pray for that tonight if that's something that's a blockage for you. A second blockage is mortal sin. Mortal sin kills the life of grace in the soul and it prevents the reception of Holy Communion. The good thing is God is so merciful that all we have to do is go to celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation and that blockage is gone. I'll be in the confessional tonight if anybody wants to celebrate that sacrament. A third blockage that I think a lot of people forget is holding a grudge. If you come to the liturgy and there's someone that you're really angry with, you haven't reconciled with, there's unforgiveness in your heart, that can be such a huge block to the living water. In fact, unforgiveness in general is one of the biggest blocks to the peace and love and joy of God in your life that he wants to give you. Remember that, that Jesus in the gospel, he talks about coming and offering gifts at the altar. And he says, if you come to offer a gift at the altar, in every Mass we come and bring the gift of ourselves to God. If we come to the Mass and we are unreconciled, spiteful, in, in a rage with someone else, Jesus says, before you offer your gift at the altar, if you recall your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go and be reconciled, and then come back and offer your gift. So a good question tonight might be, who do I need to reconcile with? And if you can reconcile with that person in person and make up, awesome. But we know sometimes that's not possible. But we can always offer forgiveness to them in prayer in the heart. And we we need to ask Christ for help with this. In the name of Jesus, I forgive John, I forgive Sarah, I forgive for what they did to me. It's a choice to forgive that unblocks the riverbanks and allows the living water to flow into our lives. So maybe that's something as well tonight you'd like to receive prayer for. Another blockage is is lacking a daily habit of prayer. You know, if you're only coming to Mass on Sundays and you're not praying every day of the week, um, that's not going to be good. (laughs) If we don't eat food every day, our bodies starve. If we don't pray every day, our souls starve. And even coming to the Eucharist is not going to fix that need for a habit of conversing with Jesus every day. That's a block that we can uh, actually unblock very quickly by deciding tonight, I'm going to pray every day and converse with Jesus at least for five minutes. Finally, a last block to the, the living water of the Holy Mass energizing us and changing us and transforming us um, is something that I want to be especially sensitive about um, because every a family or couple in the situation is a little bit different in their own situation. But if you were married or remarried, not in the church, if your marriage wasn't blessed in the church, that can be a block. It's not to say that we get no grace from the Mass. That's not true at all. But there's many ways that we receive grace during the Mass. But if you were married outside of the church and it was never blessed, it means that you aren't able to receive Holy Communion yet until that happens. So... 
all, the, all these couples who might be in these situations, they're all, of course, should welcome at church and should come and worship at the Mass. But to receive Holy Communion, something's got to be addressed there. And if anyone here is in that situation, I would say talk to your pastor, talk to your deacon, talk to someone you trust about that. Because in my um, experience, a lot of times it's really easy to get those marriages blessed in the church. There's only a couple steps. Sometimes it's harder, but start the conversation. And don't let that be a block for you when it doesn't have to be at all. So those are some of the blockages which can, which can really cut off or really strangle that living water that comes from worshiping at the Holy Mass. How do we, though, go beyond that and also want to widen the riverbanks? We don't want like a narrow little stream like in the backyard, like God wants to have a massive Amazon river of his love flowing through you. How do we widen those banks a little bit? Well, first of all, we come to Mass and we enter into the movements of the Mass purposefully. And here's a few examples. So when you come to worship, what are you bringing to offer that day? What's your intention? Is there someone you're praying for? Your, your spouse, your family members, is there something happening in the world? You're like, I really want to pray for this. Or I'm really giving thanks for this. Something happened to me that was amazing, and I want to really give thanks to you, God, for that. Do you have that in mind before you walk in the door? Because when the priest says, let us pray, and he should pause for a few seconds there. I'm going to try doing more of that in Lent, a more sacred kind of solemn season. When he says, let us pray, that's your moment. That's when you're like, okay, Lord, here is what I'm giving today. Here's what I'm, I'm giving you thanks for. Here's what, I, what I'm asking. You, you drop it in that space. And the, the reason why that prayer is called a collect is because the priest is literally collecting like a combine harvester all your intentions and bringing them up to God. Second, read the scriptures ahead of time. Read the scriptures of the Sunday ahead of time. Get them in your head, get them in your heart. So when you come, you've already been having the conversation with Christ about these scriptures. And when you hear them proclaimed, they go much, much more deep. Number three, when the bread and the wine go on the altar, what we call the preparation of the gifts, that's your time to put yourself on the altar. Because what we offer to God is, first of all, his only begotten son, the risen one. Jesus Christ is our sacrifice. But we're called to be joined to him. And so when the bread and the wine go on the altar, you, in your imagination, you in your heart, you put yourself on the altar. You can, you can stand there, you can sit, you can throw yourself down, whatever you want. Put yourself on the altar because God desires to receive the gift of you in that prayer. With all your joys, all your sorrows, all your crosses from the week, all your offerings. And there's sometimes when at Mass, you may be like, I don't, like nothing is coming to mind I'm thankful for. Life is really hard. I don't have any energy. I don't feel full of faith. I just, you may come to Mass and you're like, I just feel empty and stressed and like just weak. That's what God wants. If that's where you are that day, that's all God wants. And you can say, Lord, as the bread and wine go on the altar, I give you my weakness. I give you my emptiness. I give you my wounds. I give you this whole crazy week. And that's all it wants. Just for you to say, it's yours. And that will transform you as the Eucharist is consecrated. Because we're meant to be a living Eucharist in Christ. Finally, after Mass, um, use a prayer of thanksgiving. 
this is a very ancient practice that after Mass, whether in your pew or back home, find a prayer that you like and that you can do after every Mass to give thanks. For me, I use two prayers every single day after Mass. The prayer of Ignatius for generosity and the Marian uh, consecration prayer from the rule of the companions of Christ. Every single day I say them, and they just root me in thanksgiving. So look up some of those thanksgiving prayers after Mass, Google them, or write your own. That's a great activity. Write your own and make that part of your habit of widening the banks of the river. This, this are, these are things to help us enter into the mystery of the liturgy and allow more of that living water to flow into us and through us. So we talked about the blockages. We talked about how to widen the riverbanks. The final thing I want to pass on to you is how do we allow that living water to irrigate the fields of my life? To irrigate the fields of my life. Because God calls us to be fruitful. And we want to bear fruit for God's kingdom. We want our lives to be full of, of goodness and love and kindness and virtue. And we want to, we want to serve other people. And all of us... Um, can plant really good seeds through Christ in these fields, but they need water. How do you, how do you bring living water into those places in your life, your, your workplace, your family, your, your marriage, uh, the ministries you're involved in? You can actually uh, dig an irrigation trench and let that water be directed into those places in your heart. How do you do it? It comes through intentionality, and humility. Intentionality and humility. Think about this. For the Roman aqueducts, they would bring water into the city of Rome and all kinds of places in the empire with these massive, massive arched stone aqueducts. And it would bring that water from the mountains down to the city, fresh water, every day. And you know what the key was? The key was the Romans, they really had to think about where are we going to place this, these arches. And every aqueduct had to be humble. You know what I mean by that? Using gravity, can you bring water from here to here with gravity only? No. Every single time the aqueduct got closer to the city of Rome, it got lower and lower and lower by a teeny bit. And that directed the water right to where it needed to go. And so in our lives, that humility is we're intentionally asking, Lord, I want to bear much fruit, but I can't do it on my own. In my marriage, in my workplace, in my school, whatever it is, in my parish, I, I want these great things for you. I want to bear much fruit, but I can't do it all myself. I can't even trust myself some days, but I can trust you. And that's the humility. We come to the Eucharist and we ask the Lord in all courage and faith, Lord, you must do it through me. I will humble myself because on my own, I can do nothing. Jesus told us that, John 15, 5. On your own, you can do nothing. But if we lower ourselves and allow God to be God and we adore Jesus and trust him, then that water is going to flow so many places. Anybody ever hear of Blessed Stanley Rother? He's one of our most recent American blessed soon-to-be saints. Blessed Stanley Rother, he went to my, the same seminary I went to in Maryland. He's one of our alumni at Mount St. Mary's. He's a priest of Oklahoma City, not a great student. Everyone knew that about him. Um, but he grew up as a farmer, as a hard worker, and he had a great love for people. Well, he went down to his diocese uh, mission in Guatemala to serve, and civil war was breaking out all over the place. And he not only did things like translate the Bible into indigenous languages 
and take care of his people, but, but he helped them even to farm. He helped their fields. He helped them to, like, to like irrigate their fields, literally. And when he began to bury the dead, uh, parishioners who were being slain and throw, their bodies thrown on the side of the road, people didn't like that. And for a time, he came back to the U.S., back to Oklahoma, where it was safe. But he told his bishop, I have to go back. Like, my people are down there. I need to be a shepherd who doesn't run. And he realized that the only power he really had to do that, to lower himself, to go back into civil war, to lower himself, to go back into the mission field, to do what God had for him, was he had to cast all of his cares on the altar and say, Jesus, only by your Eucharist will I have the living water I need to bear fruit. It's the same thing in our lives. Wherever God sends us, we're called to bring that living water, to dig that trench, to irrigate that water and say, Lord, it's not my power that does this, it's your power. And every time you come to this Mass and pray and receive this Eucharist, God is empowering you to do the impossible. He makes possible the impossible. And that's how we not only remove the blockages to the living water and not only widen the river banks, but God, in fact, asks us to channel that living water by the power of the Eucharist to all these different fields of our life that are meant to bear fruit that will last. So tonight, friends, believe that God is with us in the Eucharist, believe that his love for you is so great, and believe that he will give you wisdom to do all things necessary to take away the blocks to his grace. Amen.